The North Carolina Healthcare Association is a proud sponsor of the Do Politics Better podcast. The association is a united voice for hospitals, health systems, and care providers to ensure they can offer high quality, lower cost care to all North Carolinians. Visit nchealthcare.org to learn more about how hospitals and health systems are working to make healthcare easier, more convenient, and with better outcomes. It's the Do Politics Better podcast. I'm Brian Lewis. And I'm Sky David. Session is adjourned but not without a couple last-minute fireworks. It's been intense over the last 24 hours. By the way, we're recording this part of the podcast on Thursday, October 26th. At 7.48 a.m., even though you said 7. Yeah, it's early in the morning. It was a late night last night because we got word yesterday that some legislators wanted to come by the office and record a podcast. And they have really big news for the General Assembly, for North Carolina politics, for the state. So we are going to go ahead and get into that news first. And then after the interview, we will cover the news of the week. The Do Politics Better podcast is supported by the North Carolina Travel Industry Association. Founded in 1955, NCTIA has a distinguished history of partnering with the North Carolina General Assembly to strengthen and preserve tourism in North Carolina. Visit nctia.travel for more information on how you can support your local tourism destination and the thousands of North Carolina jobs it creates. Welcome to the podcast. Representative Hall, Representative Bell, Representative Jones, and Representative Sane. Why do I feel like this is a three amigos? <laughs> <laughs> now it's four amigos. Four amigos. <laughs> I'm just driving yeah. the car. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have enough chairs for everybody else. So. so this is a special edition of the podcast where we have four men with some news for us. So which of you would like to open that I'll, up? I'll, I'll start. And, okay. and so, you know, Brian and Scott, first of all, thank you all for having us and and um, we just felt like that uh, coming on the podcast and having a conversation about what's going on in the General Assembly, since this show is totally about what's going on in the General Assembly, this would be an appropriate place to really have a conversation, especially to a lot of people that listen in that are day in, day out, inside and outside the building. And so um, it, it's so secret that uh, a group of us in here have uh, thrown our names in the hat for the speaker role. And um, Representative Hall and I, Representative Sane, and, and, and others have been talking for the last couple of weeks about how do we really put forth the united front. Uh, you know, you, you see, you've seen what's happening in Washington over the last couple of weeks in the turmoil. Uh, we know what it was like uh, when when Speaker Moore ran for the Speaker's race, and you know, then you had Speaker tell us before that, and how these things can get ugly and nasty. And if we truly wanted to have a united front and do what we felt was in the best interest of the caucus and the chamber, then it was becoming on us to sit down and have a conversation about leveraging our talents and abilities and moving forward as a, as a group. And so um, we, we've done that. And we uh, a little before we came here, we sat down with our caucus and had a conversation because we want our caucus members to know. Because uh, it puts a lot of people in the bind when you're trying to pick between friends and colleagues. And uh, Destin and I not only are friends and colleagues, but we're seatmates. And so, um, so what we have put together is a united front, 
And so uh, I'm, I'm Representative Stain speak after me, but uh, we just feel it's in the best interest that uh, I'm I'm not seeking election for speaker at this point in time anymore, and going to throw 100% of my support behind Representative Destin Hall. He's an outstanding job. He can run the chamber. We've seen that. We've seen how he's handled redistricting and rules committee chair, and so uh, so I'm lining up behind him. Uh, you know, things have changed in my life with a. Uh, with a wife who's actually sitting over here, maybe she wants to jump on a microphone. She can tell you all the other things you don't get to hear. But uh, you know, with a <laughs> with like a to help you not be divorced. Yes, <laughs> with a growing family, and uh, you know, got some exciting news on on this week with with the company I work with and the opportunities there that I sure can't turn down. But really, just want to put forth a united front and uh, and back Representative Hall for Speaker. And uh, so I'm excited about what we're able to put together. And, of course, we're going to discuss that here today. When you said growing family, I thought you were about to announce yeah. a pregnancy. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I I mean I a family. I was going to say Jason was pregnant. <laughs> I mean a, gr- a, a young daughter growing up. Kelly's over here going, no, no, no. So, yeah. This could be all kinds of things. Well, you know, you never know. I mean, I'm just going to stay quiet over here on my end. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, to, to, to represent Bell's statement, and to, you know, John, Dustin, Brennan, we've all been friends. We've all worked on policies together for a long, long time. And so our friendships go far deeper than any leadership role. Um, but as we look around and we know what's happening, you know, your, your shows do politics better, right? And if you're going to be a leader, uh, there's sometimes you had to have tough conversations. And we've had multiple tough conversations over the last week. Not that anybody was mad. But, you know, people want to do things in politics. Again, in it, you know, there's, 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 there's a lot of benefit to, to being the speaker. You get to enact an agenda that, that you might have been sitting there thinking you wanted to do it your way for a long time. Um, I, I ended up like a lot of people in our caucus between two friends. Um, my name would get thrown around it, but that's not something I wanted to do. It's not where I'm at in my life. Uh, and I knew we had, you know, some talent, uh, two guys that could do the job. And I, I knew that it was going to be tough for me to pick when I if forced to vote for one of them. Uh, luckily, uh, I don't have to do that anymore. Uh, the best benefit for all of us in our caucus, in the Republican caucus, we get to continue to move policy forward that we think is good, what's best for the state. And we don't have to tear our caucus apart in the process. And not that either one of these gentlemen would do that, right? But, I, but you know when these things start to happen, as we saw in D.C., as people start to pick sides, and oh, by the way, social media and the media starts to pick sides for you uh, and pe- you know rumor and innuendo and all these things that happen we don't have to go through that um, you know the adults were in the room between the four of us having these conversations bouncing these ideas off of each other uh, we, we talked together we talked you know two of us at a time really just thinking through it and and saying what would how could we put ourselves our caucus in the best position to one, you know, build upon the success we've had uh, to make sure that nobody has to leave hurt. Nobody has to have their feelings hurt. They don't have to be damaged politically. Uh, we don't have to go through a family fight in the public uh, like we've seen in D.C. Um, and, and everybody's got a place and something to give and, some, and a place to contribute. And so knowing that, um, you know, I, these two gentlemen, they, they are. I mean, they are, they are true leaders because they put their, their own – uh, whatever their ambitions might be, aside to have a real conversation. And I think that more than anything uh, makes both of them qualified for the job, for sure, and in any leadership role. 
and and what what we all know none of us do it by ourselves none of this happens uh we we need a whole caucus we need a whole house to get things passed we we you know we work with our colleagues in the senate everyone on this conversation today is respected in that conversation with the senate we want to keep it that way we you know when we when we go to negotiate budgets that matters it matters and so you know doing that making sure that that we're in a better place because of and that our caucus is in a better place we're going to be okay before before we let dustin take it and and, and roll with it is uh you know We've talked to the over, all, all the members of the caucus, yeah. and the overwhelming response was, "Man, gosh, I really just wish y'all could figure it out." Yeah. And so, when you when you have your members come to you saying, "You know, hey, pl- please figure it out," and we like both of you, there's talents there. And then we had a conversation about, "Okay, look, what are you good at? What am I good at?" We checked egos at the door, checked personal agendas at the door, and just really looked at how can we put forth a good faith effort. And look, there's still elections to have to go through and all that, but we just feel like a united front is not only, but it's it's a freaking relief for us that you're not battling this thing out for the next year. Um, but also the members were relieved when we told them today and we put forward that united front that we feel like is going to be very successful going into a, a big election for us. Representative Jones, we're going to get to you in a minute, but Representative Hall, you've mm-hmm. got the microphone. Your response to this? Well, um, you know, uh, I'm honored by these guys uh, and their support, and um, I'll echo everything they said. You know, uh, before, you know, we're members of the General Assembly or even in leadership, uh, we're friends, and the four of us are friends. John and I are great friends. We've been seatmates now for, I don't know, four years or so, I guess, since I became rules chair. And um, in the role, you know, majority leader and rules chair, you're, you're almost sort of two sides of the same coin. You have to deal with a lot of the same member issues. You have to deal with a lot of the negotiations between House and Senate. You deal with the negotiations between the various members of our chamber, both inside and outside of our caucus. You're dealing with the minority leader all of the time. Um, you're sort of a go-between between the speaker and the minority leader. And so we've been uh, able to, in my opinion, work effectively together and I think do a pretty good job at that and I think the reason is you know this the skill sets that he and I have they sort of complement each other in a lot of ways and so of course when we you know we knew Speaker Moore wasn't going to come back and you know we'd both heard from a lot of folks in the caucus about running and you know we we both uh, started that process of running and talked to members of the caucus and you know, heard from a lot of our members that, you know, they like us both and they, you know, they just wish they didn't have to pick uh, between the two of us. And I think, you know, John and I came to sort of feel the same way that, um, you know, we, we don't like having to run against a friend. It was never pleasant, um, but we were ultimately able to sit down and we saw what was happening in D.C., uh, and, you know, just the turmoil that's going on there. And that's not good, um, not only for the Republican Party, but it's, it's not good for the country. And I think we looked at it and said, it's not going to be good for our caucus here, but it's also not good for the state um, if we can't sit down and sort out how to get this thing figured out. And so we did that. And, um, you know, it's it's been a process over, you know, the last uh few few days or few weeks and um, you know I'm, I'm glad we're to a point now where you know we're aligned uh, as a leadership team aligned as a caucus we as John said had a chance to, to tell our caucus today and um, I, and and I think 
it's uh, clear that the caucus was pretty pleased that, the t- that he and I were able to sit down and really work the thing out and do what's best for our caucus moving forward. You know, I, he and I both could do the job. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it's we both uh, have the ability, I think, to be the speaker. And, um, you know, so we had to think about in our personal lives, you know, who does it make more sense for now versus later? And, um, you know, we're, we're roughly the same age. We're a little bit different place in our personal lives. John has a young child, and uh, I don't have any kids, so I'm able to drive across the state everywhere and um, spend my evenings uh, on the road, which is what the job takes. And, um, you know, these guys have done an incredible job at that as well because it's not, you know, just the, the speaker who – uh, has to go out and do those things to make our caucus successful. It's the whole leadership team. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Representative Bell and Jones and Sane, they've done that for years as well. We're going to continue to do that. But, you know, we'll be able to do it with the United Front, and we'll we'll avoid some of the splits like you see in D.C., some of the splits you've seen in the past in North Carolina uh, because we'll be united. And the you know, last thing I'll say is, you know, obviously we still have to have an election. Our caucus still gets the the ultimate call. Um, so unfortunately, the four of us, we don't get to ordain um, anything at all. But, you know, we just wanted them to know that that's where we are. And um, the response we've received so far is, has been positive. And uh, I think we all feel a real sense of relief uh, after having it resolved. Representative Jones, we know that you think the world of Representative Hall. You guys, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all came <laughs> in together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're the only one in this room besides Kelly Bell over there and me and Sky who didn't declare for speaker. Uh, can you give us your perspective? It's oh, coming next week. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you see an opening now, right? No, no. And, 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 and let, let me just start by this. So, so what you've witnessed today is true leadership. Yeah. Guys have buried their egos for the betterment of the state. Yeah. And, and they've made a decision. And uh, we have sat in unity. We have sat one-on-one. And this is going to be a good thing. It's going to be a new day in North Carolina. So it's it's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of it. But, you know, we, we got to go way back. Before I knew Destin, John Bell was my first cheerleader. Okay. John Bell probably kept me out of a lot of trouble one time. So uh, I, owe, <laughs> I owe John big time. But uh, Destin and I were seatmates for three or four years, been roommates for four or five years. And, of course, we've got a bond. And Jason has been a friend. He comes down to the beach and we eat dinner and uh, talk to John all the time. And so so – it, it was hard for me as well. You know, you, you look at your friends, the guys you've become closest to, who you're with more than your own family. Mm-hmm. They are my family. Mm-hmm. And I think they feel the same way. I'm probably the redheaded stepchild, but that's okay. But it, it is a relief. And, and I'm going to tell you, in caucus today, you could see contentment on people's face. I mean, these guys got a standard ovation. It mm-hmm. unified the caucus. Okay. And it's going to unify us as we're going forward. And uh, we all uh, are pretty prolific at raising money for, for our caucus and our campaigns. And it's going to make it a lot easier when we go out as a unified front mm-hmm. to raise the money to get you know, get more of our colleagues elected and get ourselves reelected. Uh, again, with the lobbyists and liaisons, I think there's going to be a sense of relief there that they kind of know the path. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a sense of relief for me as well. So uh, I look forward to uh, good things. Representative Hall, why are y'all making this announcement now? I think the main goal in it is just unity uh, of our caucus. And I think if you ask the poll of caucus members, you know, they, they, again, they like John and me both. And 
uh, they, many of them, it put them in a tough spot. And so for us, it was important to let them know where we stood and um, so that they could see that, you know, if he and I are able to work this out and resolve it, our, our whole caucus really should be united because we ended session today. Uh, we'll be back, uh, I hope, not before April of next year for the short session, but you know, we'll see. There are a couple of other bills outstanding we need to, to get done. But, you know, of course, when we're out of session, we're, we're in campaign season. You know, the election is 14 months or so, 13 months now away. And uh, the but it really started at the end of the last election. And so, you know, having any sort of division in our caucus, uh, it hurts us moving forward because you know, it's not just about winning elections. Um, it's about implementing good policy. And obviously, we feel like our caucus having not just majorities, but super majorities is the best thing for North Carolina when it comes to policy. And that's what we're here for at the end of the day. I mean, we all got involved in this because, you know, we were sort of conservative uh, ideologues anyway growing up. And, you know, we participated in politics uh, when we were in, you know, college and uh, and as before we got to the legislature. And uh, we, we were true believers, I guess, before we even got up here. And for us, that's that's still what it's about. And so um, us being on the same page and our caucus getting to see that, I think, helps the caucus as a whole, not just us individually. Um, and it gives some folks uh, some some certainty, I think, to, to some degree to know here's where we're at. Um, you know, here's our here's our game plan to try to keep the, the caucus organized so that uh, they know where we're going. I mean, that's, you know, one of the main tenets of leadership is you got to set the direction. And uh, if your leaders can't set the direction, you can't expect, you know, the caucus as a whole to, to know where we're going. A follow-up, Representative Jones kept saying the word unity, and I believe you echoed that as well. After the casino debate, it felt like there were some splinters in the caucus. What is your strategy or your plan for keeping the caucus united? I, I think our caucus, even though we had to make some decisions that divided the caucus, uh, and, and look, let's be honest, just because we make this announcement today doesn't going to change the, 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 the in, internal squabbles that we have over legislation because nothing we do now is, is easy. You know, I, I go back to the days when we were looking at some regulatory reform and tax reform. That's a whole lot easier than the issues we're dealing with today. But um, but even after the casino deal and the budget deal and, you know, how we navigate through that, our, our, our caucus came out strong. Uh, our, caucus came out, our caucus came out unified. And uh, we put forth a, a good budget that had, you know, unanimous Republican support. And we, and we moved forward. And so the, the announcement today, it wasn't some grandiose announcement. We just didn't want one our caucuses to hear about it because rumors have already started there's rumors that happen around the general assembly i don't know if you know that or not mm-hmm. but um but people talk and so so we, we wanted to tell our caucus face to face and we believe in transparency and and i uh, put that forward and we want to be upfront and honest and so as we move through this it was very important for our caucus to know where we are and then another part of that is the messaging component that came in uh, we wanted to set our own message and our own narrative of of, of, of how we're going to navigate through this. Uh, if we can sit down and work this out, we can accomplish anything moving through the, the next biennium. And so uh, I feel good about where we're at. Uh, I'm happy. I think the, the general public is, is going to say, wow, those, those guys can sit down and work stuff out and, and, and move forward as a unit. 
and uh, we've got big shoes to fill. You know, you're you're you've got Speaker Moore not running for re-election. You've got other members that announced they're running for statewide office in Congress, and so so adding that certainty to what we've got to to, to move forward on for the next uh, was it now a year and a half before an election uh, is it, going to be key to our success. So um, I'm excited about the future. Uh, I look forward to continue working in the General Assembly, uh, maybe in a little different capacity than, than what we've had uh, uh, working relationships before, but it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Let me ask you a question about the rumors. There is a rumor going around the General Assembly. Uh, journalists have mentioned it to me, legislators, lobbyists. Speaker Moore could be leaving in December. He's running for Congress. That's pretty evident. He also says he's exploring some other opportunities. We think that could be lobbying. Seems like a twofer for him if he was to leave in December. Gets to concentrate 100% on the campaign. And if that doesn't work out, he's cooled off for the short session. Does this announcement, could this be something that if he does pull the trigger on leaving in by the end of the year or whenever, we could have a leadership team in place right away? And I'll take that. You know, I think um, aside from what Speaker Moore decides to do we feel like the the right thing to do is to handle this the way that we have and to let our caucus know uh i think you know the truth is uh, the speaker's been there a long time longest serving speaker in state history uh, and we know we've got big shoes to fill as a leadership team in replacing that and whenever that is that that he might leave you know right now i think his um what he has said and what his intent is is to serve throughout the remainder of the term uh, but he's also said he's he's trying to figure out what's next, whether that's something in the private sector or whether that's running for Congress. He would certainly be a great candidate uh, for Congress in his area. So we'll see what decisions he makes, I think, in the probably the next few weeks, if that's Congress, because we finalized the maps today and um, filings coming up in December. But if you're going to get in that race, you got to get into it here pretty soon. It's a short primary, the primary in uh, March. But, you know, we're planning right now as if he's staying the the entire term. Uh, But, of course, the added benefit to this is if he, you know, wakes up one morning and says, you know, uh, I've been here a decade and I don't want to deal with these people anymore. I want to go do something else. You know, we'll we'll be ready for that, too. Uh, But I think whatever his timeline is, you know, this is the right thing to do for our caucus to go ahead and let them know where we are. A lot of folks are going to ask this. I can see the emails, the text messages, the Twitter coming. (laughs) So so the one thing I hope this does Uh is I hope your ratings skyrocket and and they're higher than Danny Britt's ratings. (laughs) (laughs) I had to work that in. Oh, yeah. You got your mention. It was really Senator a motivating Brent. factor in uh, <laughs> making this decision. Because the uh, member from Columbus is certainly better. Uh-huh. Right yeah. <laughs> People are going to say, okay, where do the chips fall here? Appropriations Chair Jason Sane. We have Deputy Majority Leader Brendan Jones. Majority Leader John Bell. Rules Chairman Destin Hall. Obviously, you won't be Rules Chair if this all works out. Has there been any internal discussions about that that you can talk about that folks are going to want to know? So, you know, part of what we discussed um, as we've tried to think through how this thing would work 
you know, obviously I would no longer be rules chair or redistricting chair, thankfully. <laughs> Congratulations. So we're going to find out who the unlucky person is. Uh, I will say uh, Representative Sane is the vice chair of redistricting right now. And, um, you know, and, and he actually may be the first redistricting chair that only has to handle this every 10 years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, would be, yeah. that would be Jason's luck. Yeah. 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 That's right. So we'll see who gets the, the unlucky uh, straw there. But uh, th so the plan right now, of course, um, if our caucus decides to go with me as speaker, uh, Representative Bell would slide over to the uh, rules chair role. Um, you know, it's uh, a, a job, like I said, sort of two sides of the same coin, but it's it's different than being majority leader. Um, and he's got to sit beside me for a long time and listen to me cuss under my breath as I uh, handle the rules chair duties. And so um, he's he will fit very well uh, into that role. Um, and of course, you know, that will open up the majority leader's role. Of course, Representative Jones is the deputy leader right now. Uh, and uh, many people are saying, uh, as, as they say, uh, that he may take a look at uh, the majority leader role. Uh, Representative saying he already has all of the positions now. I'm not sure what else we can give him. Uh, maybe, you know, another. Can I give some up? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Representative Sane is uh, our. He'll be labeled the yeah. super senior, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so you know, senior appropriations chair and um, conference chair, which is a, a huge role to to undertake and really a thankless task in in many ways. Uh, but you know, I think the the titles are they are what they are. But what I found in the General Assembly is, you know, titles truly don't mean as much as relationships do among those in leadership. And you look at um, in the past, since I've been here, this is my fourth term, and, you know, f different folks in the same position, you don't always get the same outcome or even the same influence. And so, you know, we know the, the four guys sitting here and, and several others in our caucus um, who are leaders in our caucus. And we've got a number of folks who do a lot for a caucus. They're out, you know, on the road. They're out helping members fundraise or they're up here at the building when we're not in session working on bills and policy and, and meeting with folks. And so, you know, the four of us, uh, we think that, you know, we're we're trying to mold through that now, and there's going to be others in our caucus that um, that also will will be you know taking on heightened roles as we move forward. But uh, for now, I think that's the general overview of things. I don't know if these guys want to. Well, it's add it's you, know, you know we we there's a season, mm -hmm. and uh, it's great to have. I mean, think about it. If you go look at the people that are leaving the general assembly, they've already announced they're leaving, and then you look at open seats and the, the new maps that are out there. And there's a very real possibility that half the chamber in the house could be in the first or second term. And so, you know, new ideas, new faces, new backgrounds, new experiences, uh, new leadership positions on, on, on both sides of, of the aisle. Um, that's not a bad thing. And it's just going to be a good thing. And people are going to have uh, different opportunities. And, you know, you know my, my role will change. Uh, you know, the exciting thing for me is if it plays out the way we hope it plays out. Uh, and I've not had an opinion in the caucus for a long time. I actually get to voice my opinion now. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, you know, and that's, that's just a little tongue in cheek. But, um, but you know, it's, it's an opportunity for people to step up, and and, and they will. And, and I'm excited about what we're going to see. Hey, I just serve at the will of the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about not having an opinion? <laughs> <laughs> my wife would like that. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what uh, Speaker Moore told me when I was appointed rules chair. He said, "Listen." 
you can feel free. You can disagree with me at any time. You just can't tell anybody about it. <laughs> but okay, fair enough. But no, I, you know, with, with these guys, these fellas, you know, we're, we're almost in a symbiotic, you know, relationship in the way we think about things. And it really is a team effort. I mean, it's that way now with Speaker Moore. It's not really a top-down um, approach that you may see in other places, you know, especially in the state house here. It's a collective team effort right now in our caucus. I mean, the the four of us here, along with a lot of other of the leaders in our caucus and the various chairs, we work hand in hand with Speaker Moore. Uh, it's not him, and he would he would tell you this today. It's not him, you know, sitting around dictating, you know, where where things go or which bills um, are heard. It really is a collective effort, and we're going to keep doing that. I mean, it's the 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 great another great thing about you know, this being resolved now is we know how well we work together right now. And what we've already, we've already been doing this. We've already been working together in the same way that we're going to continue to work together uh, if, if, again, if things go the way that we think they will. And, and I think, you know, to Representative Bell's point, there's a lot of young members in our caucus, while at the same time a lot of our senior uh, leadership folks and senior chairs are going elsewhere. You know, they're either running for statewide office or they're going to uh, go, they're going to retire. You know, they've, they've had all they want of this place. And so there's going to be a lot of big shoes to fill. And I know one of my goals, and I've talked to these guys as well, is, you know, finding the places to elevate folks because, you know, we're only here for a short time at the end of the day. I mean, none of us uh, here are going to, to be lifers uh, in the General Assembly. And, um, you know, we, we know the, there, a day will come and we're no longer going to be serving anymore. And, you know, our goal is to make sure when we leave, the, the next crop of folks are able to be in the right spot to where they can sit down like we have and work out the best thing for our caucus, our party, and, and the state. And I think Jason made a great point today, uh, the way we work in unison. If one of us has to be gone, we can feel that plug immediately. Right. We, 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 it's scary how we think a lot alike. And uh, I can give you a great example. Walking committee had no idea what the bill was, didn't know anything, and Jason calls on me immediately. But we, we know what to say. And, I mean, I think, I think Destin feels comfortable with any of us filling in if, if he has a problem. And John calls on me for, you know, to fill in as a majority leader here and there. And, and Jason, with the appropriations this time, uh, he had to be gone for a few things and covered his spot. And he always covers mine. And I think that's the good thing, that we just work in unison. And scary how we think alike. Well, and, and there's others. You know, you've seen Representative Stevens get up there oh, yeah. and, and run the chamber. You know, you've got – um. He, 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 was it was it today or yesterday? They're all running together. Representative Setzer jumped up there and was able to take yeah. the gavel and roll, which is by far always entertaining when he is <laughs> he is chair. He's one of my favorite people to watch chair. Yeah. Um, but but you know you know there's a lot of people that have the skill set and the talent level to jump in. You know you look at Representative Dixon, who's been a you know a mentor to me and and giving great advice. And then you look at our, our new our new majority whip, Representative Gillespie's jumped in and really done a good job filling that whip position. So. Uh, so a, 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 a lot of lot of talent, but um, having that united front makes it a whole lot easier to get things done. And frankly, in the, the day, a united front helps us get the business done for the people of the state. Let me ask you this, Chairman Saint, Appropriations Chair, you negotiate with the Senate. Feels like this new leadership team feels so cohesive. 
this must help you at the negotiating table when it comes down to that final conference report and it's you versus the Senate. And let's be clear, and I'm not casting aspersions on the Senate in any way, but it is a different culture over there. It is. You talk about unity. That's unity over there. When you can complete each other's sentences, uh, it that will that will and that will that will signify to them. Look, they're, they're serious. They're they're they are they are going to be formidable. They've got to bring their A game. And look, I, it's it's like what we do on tax reform. I love seeing other states try to match us. Um, we like the challenge. I mean, if it was easy, we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this. We're we're all very competitive. Uh, the, the fact that we can, you know, operate like an offensive line and keep, you know, plowing away to get our policy pushed forward. Um, you know, I think they have to recognize that they're always very well prepared. Uh, you know, I, I never have a critical word for, for them as people or as a unit might not like their policies or where they want to go, but they are always very good about working well together. we we bring that same thing to the table and they've got to say, well, you know what? We, we, some days they may meet their match, right? Uh, we'll win some, we'll lose some. But that's the art of the negotiation, and I think I think that they know that they've got the adults in the room, and that that's somebody that they can work with and trust. So we said that three of y'all had said you can were considering at least running for Speaker of the House. There is another candidate who has announced he is not here right now. Uh, Representative Kidd Wells, the other one that has thrown his name in, and, and look, there may be others because uh, this is not just you know it's not just close the door and walk away. Um, Representative Kid Wells been out this week. We've not had a conversation with him, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna pick up the phone and call him, shoot him a message, either a little letter tonight in the morning to let him know it's fair. Um, but we just felt that, that the timing was key. You know, we've got maps, we've got a budget done, we're together, and we need to do this face to face instead of on a phone call. I wish Representative Kidwell was here because we would have had that conversation with him. Um, but, you know, we are going to have that conversation with him. Yeah, and I'll just add, you know, what I said earlier, you know, we, we don't get to decree anything as, you know, four members of the caucus. Um, you know, obviously, we, we think we've got a strong team together, but, you know, Representative Kidwell is also a strong member of our caucus, and, um, you know, he's uh, obviously has every right to run, and, and that's a decision for our caucus to make. Uh, we'll, of course, continue to talk to him and talk to other caucus members. Um, and our goal is to get everybody uh, in the caucus on the same page. And I imagine we're going to keep working towards that in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, and this is Wednesday night we're, we're talking. And, you know, um, another part of this equation is, is Representative Roger, um, Robert Reeves and his caucus. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to reach out to Robert. And I'm going to tell him, you know, this is what, what we're doing. Uh, in our caucus and just give him a heads up as well because, uh, you know, he's, he's going to factor into this. We're, there's, there's no guarantee we're going to have super majorities. There's no guarantee we're going to have a majority. And so, you know, this is our plan for now. That plan can change over time, and, and, and Representative Reese is a part of that plan. Yeah. For younger listeners out there, we have a lot of college students who listen to us. The Speaker of the House is elected by the full body of the House. It's a constitutionally recognized position. So – the nominee comes from the Republican caucus and then he runs against, sometimes it's a Democratic nominee as well. Sometimes it's, it's a, a, just a unanimous vote. The majority leader is elected by the House mm-hmm. caucus. The, yeah. And then the chairs are selected by the Speaker of the House. So we just want to put a little clarity out there, for, especially for our new listeners who 
probably don't follow this the inside every single day. Gentlemen, is there something else that we're missing here in this conversation that you would like listeners to know? I'm excited about the future. And, and like I stated earlier, you know, if, if we can sit down and have a conversation and come to an agreement and a pathway forward uh, on this issue, uh, there's going to be tough issues in our future. You know, we're going to negotiate budgets. We're going to negotiate controversial bills. We've, we, you know, uh, who knows what the world's going to look like um, in two weeks, more or less, in, in, in a year and a half, especially with what's going on. Uh, the next General Assembly is going to have tough decisions. And if we can get this decision behind us, show a united front, um, then the, hopefully the next decisions are, are going to be a lot easier. I think it's interesting that uh, as fate would have it on the day that the U- U.S. House finally figures out their speaker situation, you know, we're able to come out and say what we have figured out, uh, but with much less acrimony than uh, they had in Congress. So, um, we, you know, we, again, think that uh, ultimately this is going to be the, the best thing for our caucus. And I hope folks see you know, we're a bit different than what you see in D.C. Uh, the members, you know, in our caucus are are generally all very close. And I know in Congress, you've got people from all over the country. There's there's more of them. There's more TV coverage. So maybe there's more of an incentive to uh, fight with each other. But, you know, here in Raleigh, these are you know, normal folks uh, who have other jobs. I've got a other. I've got a, a job. You know, these guys have a job that they go to. Our, you know, our sole job uh, is not being in the state house because we could not survive off of thirteen thousand nine hundred dollars per year. Um, but don't, don't forget about that per diem. Now. Well, that's right. It's yeah. It's <laughs> in that in that one round trip mileage per year yeah. based off the nineteen fifty mileage formula. I can't remember. Yeah, that. well, it's it's well, an honor to serve. Yeah. It is an honor to <laughs> serve. I understand, well, gentlemen. This is great news. Uh, certainly, a display of how you do politics better. We appreciate your service in North Carolina politics. Your leadership in the North Carolina House. You certainly know how to do politics better. Thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing this very important information. Thank Thank you all for having us. The Do Politics Better podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association. Beer and wine distributors in North Carolina are family-owned companies that directly employ more than 5,600 men and women across the state. The North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association works with the General Assembly to develop alcohol policies that ensure fairness in a competitive marketplace and promote responsible behavior. Visit the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association at ncbeerwine.com for more information. Before we get into the news, I know a lot of folks are going to ask how this all came to be. Yesterday, Sky and I were at the General Assembly, get a text message from Representative Jason saying, says, are you in the building? We said, sure. You know, the Senate had just adjourned. The House is still debating. We walk over to the House. He's huddled up with Representative John Bell. And, hey, who's on your podcast this week? We said, well, we interviewed a legislator, and that's that's in the can. It's ready to go. Well, we'd like to be on the podcast this week. (laughs) And I said, well, can I ask what's going on? Sure. I mean, yes, absolutely. Anytime, you know, Representative Sane or Representative Bell wants to be on the podcast, absolutely. But what's going on? Uh, we'll tell you later. A few hours later, uh, they go to caucus. I guess they wanted to caucus first, tell, tell their members what was going on. And uh, they came over last night and we laid down. 
on that recording. Uh, I cleaned it all up because we were sharing microphones. We had so many people in this office uh, around on the couch, on the chairs. We're bringing in chairs and sharing microphones. But we are honored that uh, Representative Hall, Representative Bell, Representative Sane, and Representative Jones chose us as an outlet to get this news out. And I know our listeners appreciate uh, more of that backstory from them on why and how, and uh, very proud of their deal that they've made, and they're always welcome on this podcast. So news, Sky, a lot of it. Session adjourned this week to a date certain, which means they could come back for, I think it's nine different things, but before they adjourned, we did a couple of things at the General Assembly this week. Yeah. And let's talk about that date certain. Folks think that, okay, they, they adjourn. They can just come back. The adjournment resolution gives them an opportunity to res- really is to respond to court cases that are out there as it pertains to redistricting. And we're going to talk about that. But if they didn't come back on a date certain, they would have to have a petition, essentially, to come back in. And it's kind of an administrative headache. It's easier if you just say, hey, guys, keep this date in November on your calendar. We may come into session. More than likely, it's just going to be a skeleton session. But if they need to do business, that date's open for them to do business, and everyone's on notice. So speaking of redistricting, We've got maps. We've got new districts. We talked about what the maps look like last week. There are a couple of things that we need to edit. Yeah. We are not maps experts. Nope. Really, and you know, in fairness, you look at the maps, you don't really have that granular data, so you're just eyeballing it. By the way, the John Locke Foundation released their index this week, and they go through every single district and give it a score of Republican plus five, Democrat plus two. And you can really drill down and see. But last week, we were just kind of eyeballing it. And we said that there were four districts in the Senate that were swing districts. We were right about Michael Lee. That's definitely a swing district. And we were right about Mary Wills Bodie. Mm-hmm. Um, Sydney Batch? No. We were not correct about Sydney Batch. And we were not correct about Danny Britt. Apparently, Senator Britt has made his district, I think just by force of nature, who he is. That is now a very solid Republican district for him. The other districts that are competitive in the Senate are the district that Senator Lisa Stone Barnes is in. Hmm. That's a swing district. And there's an open district, and that's in current seat 42, which is Senator Hunt's current district, but she's running for lieutenant governor. Yeah. Additionally, as expected, Speaker Moore said he is considering running for Congress in that new 14th district, but he is considering some other options. We think those other options are lobbying in the private sector. He hasn't been uh, very concrete about that, but that's the rumor in the building. Right. Yeah. Aside from the maps this week, there was some speculation that, you know, a bunch of bills would move and 
conference reports would come up and there's a number of conference reports that were left on the table. One conference report did make it through on Wednesday afternoon. It was 50 pages long. So when it came up, I did take a look at it thinking, what all is in this conference report? But there were some criminal changes in that. And that's Senate Bill 409. But the vast majority of that bill was really designating what the new office of state fire marshal, which duties that person would have and which the insurance commissioner would have. So a lot of it was like statute citations and really nailed down what that was. But aside from those things, the only other big thing that passed this week, aside from the adjournment resolution, is the appointments bill. Yeah. We had this idea that maybe they were going to pass maps and then work on a lot of things that were kind of outstanding. But it seemed to me that the Senate was like, yeah, deuces, we're out of here. Let's not really do much. A classic Senate move. Yeah. Didn't take up a budget technical correction bill. They just left. Yeah. And so the $30 billion budget, it's bound to have some errors here and there, misspellings, even commas out of place. And you know, just some problems. And I think a lot of lobbyists, they use that to maybe they got some changes that they need for their appropriation, or maybe they're even trying to get an appropriation in the technical corrections. But Senate walked away yesterday afternoon. And you're right, very Senate. As far as the General Assembly adjourning, what's next? And you mentioned coming back for court cases. So The maps that just passed are likely to be challenged. And the word on the street is that the only map that the General Assembly feels they may have to come back for is that congressional map. There was a court case that actually Dan Crawford talked about when he was on the podcast talking about redistricting. And it's from Alabama. And it's about the Voting Rights Act. And the Voting Rights Act, of course, is there to ensure, in part, that there is minority representation uh, when it's available for a state. And so I believe the court case that we're going to hear more about as it progresses through the courts will be uh, Don Davis's district and what the General Assembly, uh, how they drew his district. Now, if the federal court rules against the General Assembly and the Supreme Court doesn't hear the case, now it's an automatic appeal to the Supreme Court if they lose at the Court of Appeals, but the Supreme Court was saying, look, eh, we're not really bothering with that. The General Assembly would need to redraw those congressional maps, which, yeah, they're going to have to redraw Don Davis's district, but that will have a ripple effect <laughs> through the other 13 Mm-hmm. districts out there. Uh, this could affect Speaker Moore. It could affect Deborah Ross. It could affect, uh, you know, Wiley Nichols. So we'll see how this plays out. We were talking yesterday inside the building and uh, some folks were like, you know, on the legal side, we're saying, yeah, I guess our Thanksgiving is still up in the air of whether we're going to be able to do that because we think this will be something that's taken up this fall because you know what? They have a primary on the other side of the new year. We're going to have filings soon. So candidate filing starts December 4th. Wow. 
So this court case really needs to move. If it's successful, we may be back redrawing congressional maps. But the General Assembly maps, again, we think that that's pretty static. That's going to stay the same. Additionally, after the maps became law, one thing I don't know that we said this week, but I know we did say last week, Governor Cooper does not have veto power over redistricting. So once those maps were passed, they became law. So they became law. Mm -hmm. And after those were settled, we had some campaign shakeups. Big news this week is that former Congressman Mark Walker, Republican, who is in the gubernatorial primary challenging Mark Robinson, Dale Falwell, Andy Wells, now Bill Graham, he's like, hey, I think these maps look great for me to return to Congress in the 6th District. That's the seat currently held by Congresswoman Kathy Manning. That district doesn't look so good for her as a Democrat, and Mark Walker is back into that race. Man, that was a lot of news this week. Tweet of the week. The Tweet of the Week is sponsored by the North Carolina Pork Council, representing hog farmers around the state working hard to do agriculture better. Today, hog farms are reducing their carbon footprint by covering lagoons, reducing emissions, and generating renewable natural gas. To learn more, visit ncpork.org. This week's Tweet of the Week is from Dawn Vaughn. She's Dawn B. Vaughn on Twitter. And it says, hear me out, an NCGA, NC Pole-themed restaurant. And when you place your order, without objection, so ordered. Now, this is a little um, inside, kind of niche jokes, I should say. (laughs) It's a niche Uh, podcast. (laughs) Yes, true. So I'm going to just read the other things. And these are all things that are stated multiple times at the General Assembly. Colin Campbell said, cocktail menu labeled standard stipulations. Stephen Wiley said, each receipt labeled simple bill and rounded up already for gratuity. (laughs) And then he said, oh, and it has to open 30 minutes later than what it says online. And Don said, Senate menu items available closer to opening. House items will be added at some point later in the day. (laughs) That's just a little (laughs) joke at the Senate versus the House. But I do want to mention for our runner-up of Tweet of the Week. Um, And just like, it's a gold medal of the week because Joseph Buckner, who is at jbuck05 on Twitter, has been doing memes every day since Patrick McHenry has been Speaker of the House. And obviously he turned over that gavel on Wednesday. And so it's over. Yeah. (laughs) But... Somebody had tweeted, Rep. Mike Johnson is five foot eight, by the way. And Joseph Bugner said he put up a picture of Patrick McHenry holding his hand up uh, to like a line and says, had it up to here with the short king. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) you as yourself, you are a short king. I am. Yeah. And And you know, it's it was short king summer or spring. (laughs) Well, Congressman McHenry, he is a giant among us short people and uh, appreciate him, you know, that steady, calm, 
you know, being the speaker uh, over the, while we're looking for a speaker. But yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. And I love the memes with Congressman McHenry, especially the mood uh, yeah. graphics every day. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to miss uh, Congressman McHenry being our speaker. I was, I had him on my card for being speaker, but I guess... That I was right and you were wrong you yet right, again. You're right. I was like, no, he's doing it. He's going to be speaker. Yeah. Even said it on Capitol tonight this week. That didn't age well. Yeah. Back to the short kings. Okay. Since you are one, how is your growth journey coming? <laughs> it's not going so well. You know, sometimes you do get a little growth when you let your hair get fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My hair gets poofy. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I keep it so short because it just gets like a fro. Mm-hmm. You could My, get those little things to put in your shoes that like give you an extra half inch or something. You know, I, I do that with my boots. You know, sometimes I wore boots this week. I, oh, lo- yeah. I love my boots. That gives me about an inch, inch and a half, I guess. And uh, I feel taller, feel thinner. I feel like at this point, you should try getting a spray tan. That makes you feel thinner. Yeah. Yeah. A tan does make me feel thinner. Yeah. I feel like it would be easier for me to grow taller than to grow thinner. Okay, well, let's just do an update on this. Remember everyone back in April when Brian was telling us how we weren't going to be able to recognize him because he was going to be so skinny (laughs) from Ozempic? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with that? Well, you know, I lost 15 pounds and I've kept that off. Okay, you lost 11 pounds in the first like nine days. Yeah. Yeah. And so since then, since April, you've lost another four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've learned to work through the Ozempic nausea that it gives you. I can still eat. Uh, it's It wasn't the magic pill I thought it would you, be. You aren't eating as much for sure. Not eating as much. I think my it does slow your metabolism down. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to ask you to be their spokesperson. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I am showing you uh that y- you can work through just about anything including medication that takes your appetite away. Mm, I think persistence. I, I think I truly do have an eating disorder. Yeah, you do. I do, but I think the biggest part of my disorder is that I love food in the middle of the night. And so I, you're still doing that. Well, not as much. Like okay. last night I didn't. I didn't eat. Congrats. Uh, yeah. And hey, I had a great weigh in today, too. Um, I, I did go off Ozempic to do the bike ride because I didn't want to. Yeah. Not I was eat. very concerned about you on Ozempic doing the bike ride, being dehydrated, not yeah. having any food, and, you know, potentially an injury or passing out. Yeah. Part of it is, is I'm a stress eater. So, session has been a little stressful. I do feel like now that we're out of session, I'm going to be a little bit better on that. I think I I don't always get a good workout in during the week. I'll like yesterday I did a 20 minute bike ride on my stationary bike. I need a little more than that. Post session, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get into some better habits going into the new year. You know, when I went off of Zempic for the bike ride, man, you do get the munchies. Like, it's pretty bad. 
like you're like as in you're hungry you're not hungry you're just like food <laughs> you forgot what it was like food. to feel hungry yeah i mean yeah i mean yeah well you were also burning like five thousand calories a day i know but man you're just like yeah give me s- more of this sweet stuff and coca-colas and yeah so i am am a little anxious about eventually going off ozempic because while it hasn't been this huge weight loss, I have lost weight. I, I do like the feeling of not always wanting to snack. I'm worried about going off because, man, I could see myself blowing up. I don't think I would like that because, you know, I love snacking. <laughs> You're a snacker. Yeah, I know. So this weekend when I was in Austin at my friend's condo, I was like going through the pantry. There were no snacks. <laughs> Like, who lives like this? When I was single, I didn't have a lot of snacks in the house. It was intentional, you know, because I I am a snacker, and that's a way to, yeah, I mean, I was also a lot thinner, and I I love being married and all, you know, but man, you know, Julie makes these great cakes and cookies. They're always kind of around. Oh my gosh, do not blame Julie. (laughs) I see what you're doing here. (laughs) I love Julie. But... (laughs) Man, I, I did have fewer snacks at my disposal when I was, thin, when I was single hmm. and I was thinner. That's the kind of the peril of matching up, right? That's, that's why married people, people are, are fatter. Fat and happy. <laughs> fat and, happy. <laughs> and single people, I guess, are skinny and mentally anxious yeah. and all of that. And you, you, you watch your weight and you control your diet. Men with body weight issues. Not talked about enough. There's a lot of us. All right, folks. This week was kind of a whirlwind. We will wrap up the legislative session with two legislators from each party. And we'll talk about the big topics. Kind of do an overview in case you forgot what they were doing back in March. We'll do that next week. We will talk to you then. Until then, enjoy the leaves changing color. Outside is perfect right now, and remember to do politics better.